Hello beautiful people, you are listening to the voice of David Odejai. I'm the host of Half Court Hustle, the podcast dedicated to bringing you top tier basketball news and analysis. we got a lot to get through in today's show, but before we get to all of that, you know exactly where to find me, Twitter, Instagram, use the handle at Half Court Hustle. Find me, drop me a comment. Keep the conversation going. If I say something you don't agree with, come, we'll have a conversation about it. Now, game of the week. Game of the week. I've gone for the Minnesota Bucks and the Houston Rockets. Now, the reason I chose this game as my game of the week is, number one, Milwaukee, obviously. In my eyes, favourites to retain the Eastern Conference crown. I know Philadelphia has made a lot of steps forward, but I'm looking at a hungry Giannis Antetokounmpo ready to prove the world that he deserved his MVP crown last year. So Milwaukee Bucks, the favourites, it's always good to see them in action. But of course, the most intriguing experiment of this season, the pairing of James Harden and Russell Westbrook, is that going to work out? How can it work out? So those two clashed on Thursday night and Milwaukee came out on top 117 to 111, Houston falling to the Bucks. It was a close game, but ultimately the Rockets just couldn't overcome a combination of poor shooting from James Harden, uh, dominant Giannis Antetokounmpo and stifling defense in the second half. Heroes of the box score, Giannis Antetokounmpo tore it up. He notched a 30-point triple-double, uh, 30 points, 13 rebounds and 11 assists. The Rockets just didn't have an answer for him. And really, um, you know, as I'm going to come on to in a little bit, Milwaukee got out to a slow start, but it wasn't really until Giannis came alive sort of towards the second half, really in the second half and in the fourth quarter as well. The Rockets just had no answer for him because he was driving to the bucket, finding teammates for open three-point shots. There was just not a lot the Rockets could do about it. Although he did foul out with five minutes to go left in, in the fourth quarter. Milwaukee otherwise had a very balanced scoring night. Um, all of the starters were in double digits. In fact, six of the Bucks were in double digits as well. So everybody really holding it down, supporting Giannis in the winning effort. James Harden had an interesting box score line. He shot terribly from the field, going 2 of 13, yikes, but shot a a perfect 14 of 14 from the free throw line, along with 14 assists. So it just, it tells you something about the quality of a player that even when they're having an awful shooting night, uh, they can just dictate the pace of the offense. So Harden still able to control things, finding Eric Gordon, finding PJ Tucker for open three-point shots. Um, so he'll he'll contribute to the offense one way or another. Russell Westbrook really kept the Rockets in the game uh, towards the end as Milwaukee started to heat up. He had 16 points in the fourth quarter and he had, there were points in this game. And I'm just going to come out and say this now. I'm higher on the Houston Rockets now than I was before the game. And I know that might sound crazy because at the end of the day, they lost. But 
there were just glimpses of what a really productive James Harden, Russell Westbrook tandem might look like. And honestly, there were stretches in this game where they looked productive. Anyway, game summary. Uh, Milwaukee overcome a 16-point deficit uh, off the back of a dominating performance by Giannis and some clutch three-point shooting late in the game. Despite a really bad shooting effort from James Harden, the Rockets really came out and put their foot on the box neck to start the game. They put up 65 points in that first half. And let me tell you, like Milwaukee, they came out and they were really cold. Uh, the, the shooting just wasn't there for them. Uh, Harden came out, was finding um, Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker, who, who, were, who were really going off early in the game. As I was saying earlier, there were some real glimpses of James Harden and Russell Westbrook working effectively. James Harden, he just has the ability to, to just dribble defenses into falling asleep. And if you have a Westbrook who is engaged off the ball and is able to just lose his man and cut to the basket, um, that creates opportunities not only for Westbrook, but also if you get the ball to Westbrook and the rest of the defense is scrambling, you got uh, Clint Capella looking for a lob. You've got three-point gunners in the corner. Um, good things happen when both of these guys are, are on the floor. That said, the Rockets' three-point shooting really deserted them in the second half. And other than a scoring outburst from Russell Westbrook, they just really couldn't get anything going offensively in that fourth quarter. There was some late-game controversy with... I can't remember exactly how much time was left on the clock, but it was less than a minute to go. Houston were down by four points and were looking to trap Chris Middleton, who had brought the ball across half court. And he manages to not cross the halfway line for an over and back, uh, passes the ball away, but in the process of doing so, travels. So he lifts his pivot foot off the ground. The Rockets are screaming, D'Antoni is screaming at the referee, you know, it's our ball. We need to get the ball back. But while everybody's distracted, the ball makes its way over to Ersan Ilyasova, who hits the jumper, putting the Bucks up by six and effectively icing the game. So that was a massive missed call by the referees. And that could have given the Rockets a chance to come back and, you know, cut the lead to two. Uh, and then with, with about 30 seconds left on the clock, anything could have happened from, from that point. But hey, uh, these things happen in basketball. All in all, to summarize, uh, a very impressive performance by the Bucks. They clicked defensively and it kind of showed their ability to, to face adversity. Um, after that torrid first half, they came out in the third quarter and really put the clamps on the Rockets who only managed to score 21 points. And even after Giannis fouled out of the game, the secondary guys were able to just keep the pressure on on Houston, and so that yeah, the, the 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 team kept managed to keep the lead even with their best player on the bench, which always bodes well. But Houston fans, there is no need to panic just yet. For large stretches of the game, the offense was was absolutely clicking, uh, even though you know Harden shot badly from the field, he was able to get to the line. He was drawing fouls left, right, and center. Russell Westbrook was, you know, just sending off passing. The, the, the ball movement was really crisp. 
it's not time to write off this Houston team yet. It's only been one game. And look, to lose to the Bucks, who were the best regular season team last season by six points, you know, a really close game, went to the wire. There's nothing shameful in that. The only thing is whether this team can find a way to have productive offensive stretches when the three-point shot isn't falling. Because right now I'm seeing a team that, you know, when they're hitting the three, when when Gordon and Tucker and Daniel House and, and, and those guys there, when they're locked in and they're hitting a three-point shot, this team looks damn near unguardable. But the point, the, the problem is when your three-point marksmen aren't hitting their shots and, you know, James Harden is having an off night, those points, um, that spacing isn't going to be able to come from Russell Westbrook. So you need to find another way to get points from your offense. And Houston just weren't able to in that fourth quarter. So just a couple of other observations from the game. Russell Westbrook is, that guy is just an enigma. And to be honest, it's been like that pretty much his entire career because this guy's uh, upside, this guy's the positives that Russell Westbrook brings to the table, they're obvious. They smack you in the face. Like he, this is a team that played at very quite a slow pace last year. And Russell injects so much energy and athleticism into the offense. It's it's unreal because, you know, and it happened a couple of times in the game. He just grabs a rebound, sprints down the floor and finds an open shooter in the corner for three points. And, you know, it's just really sort of easy offense and it's effective and efficient. But then he'll follow up a possession like that with one where he'll dribble up to the top of the key and shoot an off-the-dribble contested three-point shot with like 20 seconds left on the shot clock. And that that happened, that actually happened in this game, like back-to-back possessions. He had one possession where Russ finds a three-point shooter in like a beautiful bit of basketball and then comes up and just burps up a brick. And it's just one of those ones where you have to you have to really live with the rough and smooth when it comes to, to Westbrook. But this guy just injects so much energy into the lineup. And because D'Antoni appears to be doing the same thing he did with Chris Paul and Harden last year, where you sort of stagger their minutes so at least one of them is on the floor at any one time, when you have those Houston lineups which don't really have a lot going for them offensively, I'm thinking... You know, when you have Tyson Chandler, Taba Cephalosha and Austin Rivers on the floor at the same time, you need a catalyst. And Russell Westbrook can absolutely be that catalyst. Milwaukee went to that really, can I say unorthodox? Because we've seen it quite a few times now. That method of defending James Harden where you sit on his left hand. And Utah tried to contain Harden with this in the playoffs last season and failed, obviously. But if you haven't seen it already, essentially the defender just sort of will position themselves to the left of Harden in this weirdly exaggerated way in order to stop him from dribbling. Well, two things. In order to stop him from dribbling left and to stop him from stepping back for a three-pointer. Sometimes the defenders will almost stand to the left and slightly behind Harden. And when you see an action, it looks ridiculous because obviously... What Harden does and what he did in this game a number of times was just dribble forward with his right hand, dribble around the defender 
and then find somebody who's open. Because what happens is once Harden beats his man, the rest of the defense scrambles and that leaves somebody open, a cutter open or a three-point shooter open. So you look at it and you think, why are they doing this? This isn't working. I get that Harden is having a bad shooting night, but he also had 14 assists and it's partly because of that method of defense. But then Harden has this weird habit where he pushes off he seems to push off with his left hand when he's facing these kind of defenses. And he got called for like two or three offensive fouls. So it, there seems to be some merit in, in doing this, even though it looks looks really weird. The Greek freak tonight showed us why he was named the league's MVP last year. He really put the team on his back. He got to the rim whenever he wanted. He found open teammates and, you know, along with a 30-point triple-double, you know, no big deal. Um, there was also a, a really cool moment late in the game. I think it was towards the beginning of the fourth quarter where Antetokounmpo spun around a defender, did a little uh, Euro step and laid it in. And Chris Webber pointed out that Hakeem Olajuwon looked just shocked. He looked super impressed. And listen, if you're impressing Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon with your post moves, you're doing something right. It was really impressive watching the supporting cast on the Bucks team go to work. Giannis obviously got his, but Robin Lopez came out and, you know, he showed that this, this guy can really score. And you got to remember when he was in Brooklyn uh, a couple of years back, he was the number one scoring option there. So the guy can put numbers on the board and really can do it from anywhere on the floor. Like he was hitting three-point shots. He got matched up with PJ Tucker, who's a lot smaller, and he was just absolutely abusing him in the post. Now, he's just a really, like, well-rounded scorer, and he's such an asset for this team. Chris Middleton was was gunning late in the game. He hit a couple of, like, really cold three-pointers. But Ersan Ilyasova, who's uh came off the bench and contributed in lots of really small ways, he took a couple of charges. Like, he'd set timely screens. He even went and hit the jump shot that iced the game. So Milwaukee really getting a lot out of all of their pieces. It was a very balanced effort on that front. So yeah, that is Milwaukee and the Houston Rockets. It was a it was an interesting game to watch, especially when the Rockets were were rolling because they looked like a very dangerous team. And even though they lost, like I'm I'm looking at the Rockets now and I'm I'm thinking they can definitely, they definitely have the potential to push for uh, top three seeding even, you know, depending on how well they manage to gel together. Perhaps they could push one of the, the LA teams for the top two seeds. Who knows? Who knows? So now for some quick fire around the association NBA news. Kyrie Irving in his debut with the Brooklyn Nets put up 50 points, which uh, broke the NBA record for the most points scored by a player in their debut for a new team. And although the Nets lost 126 to 127 to Minnesota, you have to watch Kyrie Irving's attempted game-winning shot at the end of overtime. It was unreal. He spins, he tried to spin left, he falls over, he manages to 
maintain his dribble, come up and almost hit the game winner. Like only Kyrie Irving has the level of balance, presence of mind and pure dribbling ability to pull that off. If you've not seen that video already, go look it up on YouTube. It, it was just a madness. Sacramento Kings had a pretty rough week. I mean, you're never having a good time when you get blown out by the Phoenix Suns of all teams. But in addition to that, they also lost Marvin Bagley, who went out with a fractured thumb. Bagley, who's a one of the core pieces in Sacramento, is going to be out for four to six weeks. Ouch. The Suns didn't get away scot-free, though, because DeAndre Ayton, a former lottery draft pick, has been banned by the NBA for having a diuretic in his system. Now, diuretics flush. I, You know, I'm no biomedical scientist, but diuretics, I believe, flush toxins, flush substances out of the system. And so make it diff- more difficult for performance-enhancing drugs to be detected in the system. Aiton is looking at a 25-game suspension, but I believe he's going to appeal that finding. The Clippers came out and absolutely murdered the Golden State Warriors, 141 to 122, off the back of six three-pointers by Patrick Patterson, of all people. Now, I knew this Clippers team, we all knew this Clippers team was going to be good. But this is, this is scary. And I've seen on the internet people rightly pointing out that the Clippers are now doing to teams what the Warriors used to do to teams back in, well, back as recently as last year, I suppose. Yeah, Clippers, Western Conference favourites. Lock it in, lock it in. They haven't even got Paul George back. Can you imagine what that team is going to look like? Mad. The Dallas Mavericks look like they also might have something special at West as well. Uh, Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis have been playing pretty well and have not stopped wins over Washington and New Orleans. Dallas, possible dark horse to take the number eight seed. Who knows? Who knows? Is this the year of the big man? Andre Drummond, uh, Detroit Pistons, looking like an absolute monster across the first two games, racking up 26 points and 17 rebounds per game this week, if you think that is impressive. Take a look at Carl Anthony Towns, who's led Minnesota to back-to-back victories over Charlotte and the Nets. He's putting in 37 points a game on 14 rebounds. So dominating performances this week by the big men of the league. It's been a fantastic opening to this season. We're only a couple of games in and so it's too early for us to form any solid takes or opinions. But I'm excited to watch basketball this year and I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. So that's it for this week's show. Uh, If you want to reach out to me you can find me on twitter and on instagram using the handle at half court hustle i'll be back next week but until then see you later